What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, the initial 53-man roster is in, but uh, hold your horses. Changes are definitely still coming. Plus, team captains have been announced. Only uh, one or two surprises on that front. And later on, Matthew Stafford struggling to connect with the young guys. Well, we'll talk about that. Before we get into the action, did want to give you a reminder. Ramshowcase.com is where you can find all the latest surrounding the show as well as myself. As we do hop into the season, as this is being recorded, it is the 31st of August, which means kickoff just one week away, and I am super pumped about it. So a bit of a program note for you. Uh, we will have some uh, preview content up at ramshowcase.com, so be sure to check that out. Also, uh, we do have a few surprises when it comes to uh, the game preview content, so be on the lookout for that as well next week. And, of course, uh, Ram Showcase will go back to the schedule of releasing on uh, Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, uh, once I am home from work, which uh, is, a, I get off at 10 o'clock Pacific time uh, right now. So, uh, once I get home from work on Wednesday nights, that's when Ram Showcase will be recorded and uh, quickly published after that, as far as the audio version, podcast version of Ram Showcase goes. But, like I said... Other uh, deets on the way. Uh, one, so, some details that I guess I just don't want to to dive into at the moment. But of course, you will know soon enough. The next podcast, you will know uh, all of those details. As this is the final podcast without a full-on game preview in it. Uh, next episode, we will of course dive into Week One. Saint or uh, <laughs> I said St. Louis Rams. What year is this? Oh my gosh, that's funny actually. Um, but <laughs> L.A. Rams at the Seattle Seahawks uh, for Week One. We'll definitely be talking about that, diving into that game as uh, we dive into uh, the season uh, starting officially next week, like I said. But, of course, uh, social media at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags. Uh, that's where uh, the follow action happens. Uh, looking to dive into more uh, graphic stuff as far as uh, as far as the Instagram goes. So Ram Showcase Instagram page, that is, uh, I think, going to be the focus this year. So if you want to get a jump on that. Uh, that's the place to do it. In news for the Los Angeles Rams, not a lot uh, right now other than a few roster shakeups. I am still waiting on the uniform schedule from this team. Uh, that should happen really soon. I'm a little bit jealous of uh, like the, some of the colleges uh, where not only the, do they give you the uniform schedule, they also give you the pants. You get pants schedules. Pants schedules? I am in. I am in for all of this, and I would love pants schedules for the Los Angeles Rams. That sounds awesome. Uh, dealing with uh, a few opponents here that uh, some issues that our opponents are dealing with that do help the Rams. So uh, first and foremost, we'll start with week one, Seattle. Wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, is dealing with, dealing with that injury. He's not expected to play week one against the Rams, although we did get the unfortunate news that uh, Cooper Cup day-to-day. It uh, seems like that hamstring injury is uh, still giving him some issues, so it's possible that he doesn't play in that game either. 
Uh, obviously, what Cup means to the Rams offense uh, would probably be more than Smith and Jigba means for the Seahawks offense, if I had to guess, all right? I don't want to throw Smith and Jigba under the bus quite yet before we let his career even begin, but uh, just a hunch that uh, this Cooper Cup guy, he's pretty good at football if you haven't seen. 49ers, uh, Nick Bosa, he does continue his holdout right now. This is the Rams' Week 2 opponent at SoFi Stadium. But I also don't think uh, he has enough leverage right now to get a deal like AD does. This is a conversation I've had a few times with a few different 49ers people saying that he's going to make more than AD. Well, why? <laughs> what has he done more than AD uh, in order to, to deserve that? And, and don't get me wrong here. Nick Bosa, obviously extremely talented, extremely, uh, probably the better Bosa, if I had to guess. Um, uh, but also, that whole family kind of gives me some weird vibes. So... I don't know about all that, but uh, Bosa, he, I don't think he's done enough to get what AD uh, makes. And simply because, I mean, we're dealing with a three-time defensive player of the year. This guy is, is known as one of the better defenders this league has ever seen. And uh, Bosa not in that category, at least quite yet. I mean, maybe in a few years, but uh, we knew pretty quick on Aaron Donald that he was an absolute game changer. Even his rookie season where he started to get in a little bit late, I think it was like week six when he really started getting some reps in there. Now, I know like week three he kind of made an appearance, but it kind of slowly came in. But we knew pretty quickly that Aaron Donald was just a different kind of animal. Uh, and uh, Nick Bosa, yeah, very, very talented, but I, I don't put him in that same uh, say, same conversation as an Aaron Donald. A Aaron Donald is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, locked in, uh, but uh, Nick Bosa, he's just, he's an elite pass rusher. Aaron Donald, though, the next level up, so uh, I do think that there's a little bit there. Uh, we'll see how, how fast this deal gets done. Of course, once the season starts, that does uh, tend to motivate teams to uh, give in a little bit more and uh, give the players what they want. Moving on to the Colts, running back Jonathan Taylor. He may get traded, but he definitely will be starting the season on the PUP list which means he will miss the first four weeks, including week four, when the Colts do host the Rams after that trip to Cincinnati for the Rams, uh, heading over to Indy. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, uh, Richardson also starting quarterback there. So a lot of question marks in, uh, surrounding the Colts. We don't really know what kind of team that we'll be playing in week four, but uh, we get three games of a sample size, which isn't much, uh, but we should have a better idea, obviously, uh, once we get to that point. But we'll worry about that game when we get to there. That's an AFC opponent anyway. And there's also rumors that uh, quarterback Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals will sit out the entire season, is starting the season on the PUP, of course. Uh, but while the Cardinals are taking a season to reset, are the Cardinals tanking? Well, I, I would say yes and also no. They know that they aren't going to be very good this year, and they aren't making those like last-minute additions to try to compete this year. Uh, they knew they wouldn't, so might as well just accept that it's a rebuild. Is accepting, this is my question, is accepting that you're in a rebuild the same as tanking? I'm not sure. And I do tend to think that the Cardinals are just on that side where they're like, you know what, We've, it's, it's falling apart. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just go ahead and take this season. We'll kind of see what's worth keeping around, and then we'll build it back up around that. And it kind of feels like that's the way it is. So is accepting that you're in a rebuild the same as tanking. And of course, if you're accepting that you're in a rebuild, you're probably not going to try to hang on to all your high-dollar guys, right? You're not going to try to desperately hang on to a DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, might as well just let him go. You're rebuilding anyway. 
I don't know if I would uh, qualify that the same as tanking, but maybe you do. I, I'm not going to say uh, that you're wrong if you do. No, it's just kind of a weird little twist on that that, um, that I think is being ignored with the Cardinals, that I think that they just like, what else were they supposed to do? It's not that they were going to be able to add two, three, four players and be able to compete this year. So you might as well just go ahead and be like, all right, screw it. This is going to be rough, but uh, hey, let's, let's go, you know. Might as well at that point, right? It's kind of how I feel about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but hey, I ain't mad about them. Uh, going to be terrible this year. And uh, that does not hurt my feelings one bit. <laughs> All right. 53-man roster. So uh, actually just reading those words just now reminded me that I do need to make a few updates on uh, my roster prediction page that is up at uh, ramshowcase.com. Uh, I did I did pretty well. I'll say that as far as my predictions go. This was the least confident I've ever been. Uh, picking a 53-man roster, and also I think the best I've ever done. So that's interesting, huh? Uh, but there are a few surprises, of course, as there always will be. The Rams did keep four running backs, only six wide receivers, and four tight ends. I kind of got, uh, I, I guess, a little bit of a nugget on the tight ends as uh, I just was asking players stuff <laughs> at, the, at the Denver game, the final preseason game. And when uh, Tyler Higby came up and was signing my flag, I asked him, I was like, dude, who's... Like, who is going to stay on this on this roster as far as tight ends go, man? It's like, there's there's four that feel like they should make it. Are the Rams keeping four? And he's like, I think so. And I was like, are you, like, so that means they're keeping four? And he, like, kind of looked at me and, like, gave me this little smirk. And he's like, he's like, I I'm pretty sure four are making this team. So, I, hey, Tyler Higby knew something. I didn't really, like, like, go into the whole, like, reporter mode of, like, this just in. You know, per sources. <laughs> uh, Rams are going to keep four tight ends because, like, whatever. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it felt like I had some inside knowledge that not anybody did, which was kind of cool. Six wide receivers. That surprises me simply because I really thought this team would keep more than that. And then four running backs as well. So the reason that all this surprises me is because of the, the type of offense that the Rams typically run, which is an 11 personnel. If you don't know what that is, that's one running back, one tight end, and that's where you get the 11, the one and one. And uh, the Rams, though, I will say, in fairness, have uh, mixed it up a bit and have been running a lot of 12 personnel, which is one running back with two tight ends. So it does make sense to keep on an extra tight end uh, so uh, just so that you have, uh, have, have the depth to handle whatever might come your way. And uh, we Rams fans know that uh, something can come your way. Absolutely it can. So uh, Rams keeping 10 offensive linemen. That kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Uh, feels more... It, it feels like more than I expected, even though uh, keeping a backup for every starter makes total sense. Uh, but seriously, what are the odds that we have the injury luck that we did as last year? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I would be extremely surprised if uh, we had that same kind of bad injury luck uh, that we saw on this uh, offensive line last year. So uh, to keep 10, that is literally why I had the Rams keeping nine, because I don't obviously that's not a big difference with one extra dude hanging around. But uh, the reason that I, I had nine is simply because to to see another year of the injuries like that, I mean, the odds of the the odds of that are absolutely like uh, they're they're astronomical. I would say uh, it was to, for even one year of that is absolute madness. So uh, there is that part of it. Logan Brust, though, part of the cuts, and I know that this should not be on my surprise list. But because I predicted him to get cut, so uh, like it should just be like, yep, I felt like this would happen, and it did. But I will put it here uh, due to what I saw on the internet, uh, simply uh, the, the reaction of uh, Logan Bruss being cut sent uh, a few Rams fans into a spiral. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to talk trash, because I will never tell anybody how to be a Rams fan. But why is it every single year that we learn 
that the draft order and where people are picked in the draft does not ever directly correlate to how they perform on the field. Just because a guy was picked early does not mean he will produce, and just because a guy was picked late does not mean he won't produce. We learn this every single year, and every single year, I feel like we all forget. And then we go in, and something happens, somebody gets cut, or somebody starts, or something, and everybody's just up in arms. And they're like, what is going on, Logan Bruss? Ah, and, and, and it's fine. It's going to be okay, because hey, it didn't work out, all right? Logan Bruss, he didn't work out. He wasn't very good. But he's also on the practice squad now, so that's something. Uh, Les Snead's comments really made me laugh on this. Uh, or was it Sean McVay? Which, well, well, one, of the, one of the guys with great hair was saying something about uh, having to go against Aaron Donald. Probably hurt him. Did it, though? I mean, I feel like that would help, right? Like, if you can hold your own against Aaron Donald, you're a brick wall. You, no one else is getting by you, right? That's one of one, Aaron Donald. So, uh, I don't know about all that. But uh, the, either way, like, just... Just because of uh, a guy was drafted high, it doesn't mean he's going to pan out. Yes, he was the first pick in last year's draft for the Rams, and it, he, he didn't he didn't work out to that, and that's totally fine. We will always need to see guys out on a football field before we can judge him. Russ didn't work out. Uh, he is on the practice squad, so maybe this is some kind of wake up call for him. Uh, so maybe he'll kind of like realize that he's on the practice squad now, and it'll snap him into being awesome or something. Uh, but. Um, it was an overall cursed season last year, uh, and I, I think that maybe the, 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 the Logan Bruss pick can just be kind of included now in the curse that is the 2022 Los Angeles Rams, because what the heck even was that last year? Oh my gosh. Uh, the Rams did keep eight linebackers, uh, only three of those being the inside version. Uh, Christian Roseboom, he is going to get his first crack at starting. He did tell me that in Denver. Uh, Hummel, also he comes in as the, the depth uh, in the middle as well. And with so many DBs also kept, uh, expect a lot of nickel defense uh, with the safeties kind of coming down into the box. Uh, also, we have been told that O'Shawn Mathis uh, probably going to IR, so he could return later. He's going to, of course, be out uh, for six weeks. But that's kind of what we're looking at right now. I would anticipate that uh, with Roseboom getting the start uh, inside, that we should see, obviously, a good chunk of him. Uh, but uh, Ernest Jones in the middle there, and then the Rams did keep a good chunk of safeties as well, so uh, to kind of slot them in as well to to play that like uh, Mark Barron, Taylor Rapp-ish kind of role, uh, I think makes total sense there. So Roseboom and Hummel, I'm sure they'll both get some playing time in there, uh, especially teams for Hummel, uh, but that's kind of what I would anticipate as far as the secondary goes. The Rams have been doing that for a while, though, especially with Raheem Morris. Uh, and I think that that's um, part of the complaint from Rams fans is the softness. And sometimes when you just when you swap out a linebacker for a DB, you're just not as big and strong anymore. And even if it's just a little tiny bit, um, you 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 are sacrificing size and strength for maybe a little bit of speed and some ball hawkedness, which is a word I just made up, which I feel pretty good about. Also, no kicker after cuts, which uh, the fan reaction to this I gotta say, absolutely hilarious on this topic. So obviously Tanner Brown, uh, he had his struggles, and there was um, there there had to have been some kind of plan in place, right? So I know it's jarring to announce a 53-man roster, and there's just a massive gap in a position that you need <laughs> to have a guy in. So it's just a starting role; it's just wide open. Uh, but obviously that wasn't going to be the case going into the season, right? So uh, Brett Maher, uh, the Rams did pick up him. Uh, he is a practice squad player officially right now, but of course. That is going to change. I'm guessing that once uh, O'Shawn Mathis gets switched uh, or moved over to IR, 
then uh, Maher will just be activated, and I'm sure that that's just the way that that'll go. But he should be able to help out uh, this entire unit uh, as far as, like, uh, just being kind of a, a veteran presence there. Tanner Brown, um, I didn't dislike Tanner Brown, uh, but I will say that after the Denver game, he was uh, speaking with his family, and uh, I got to say, he just looked real dejected, and I know that he missed the kick and stuff like that, but he just did not look like he was... He was happy at all. He just looked, and not like angry. He just looked sad, man. Like he just, he just looked bummed out. So, uh, Tanner Brown, though, uh, we kind of called that one. I think that uh, th those of us who were standing there outside <laughs> after the game was kind of like, mm, this guy probably doesn't feel too confident that he's going to be here after Tuesday, huh? And then it, it didn't happen, of course. So, Maher coming in. Um, I know that uh, some fans are really nervous about this. I'm surprised by that as well. Uh, and the fan reaction simply being hilarious to me is because it's like, I feel like Rams fans thought that Les Snead and Sean McVay like made all the cuts and then like had a conversation with each other like, wait, Tanner Brown was our only kicker? Oh no. Like that's obviously not what happened. Like there was some kind of plan in place. So people being like, we don't even have a kicker. What are we doing? Go for two every time? Like, it's like, no, like we're just going to sign a kicker. It's okay, guys. Like just relax. Like we don't have to go to Seattle right now. Like. Give it some time. It's going to be okay. Um, but those are really my only surprises. Other than that, not a whole lot as far as uh, the obnoxiousness that is the cut down day. And I know that there's been like a lot of things going around as far as like, hey, man, you got to go from 90 to 53. Some guys' dreams are getting absolutely ruined. These guys are never going to play again. And uh, some, some guys, this is their last shot. This is their last time on an NFL football field. So let's just, you know, let them go with grace, which I do absolutely agree with. But also, we just saw some dreams come true. How about we focus on these guys, all right? Uh, I, that's my personal choice that I choose to focus on the guys whose dreams just became true. Jason Taylor, like, he was a guy who was kind of on the bubble of being cut. And we didn't, we didn't cut any drafted rookies. But he was one of those guys, especially with the uh, the the appearance of John Johnson on the roster. And it was like, hey, maybe his job isn't so safe. And his dream just came true. He now is on the 53-man roster of an NFL team going into his rookie season. That's awesome. Nick Hampton, O'Shawn Mathis. Like, these guys were cuttable players. And instead... They're going to be, you know, hitting a plane to Seattle next week and uh, ready to play in the NFL. So I'm pumped about it, man. I'm pumped for those guys. I'm pumped for the guys whose dreams just got made. I know it sucks that some guys' dreams just got absolutely ruined, but what the heck? We don't have to focus on the bad. And I know that not focusing on it or not talking about it doesn't make it go away. But also, let's not ignore these guys who just had their dreams come absolutely true. These dudes who are thrilled, they are so pumped. They just had this thing that, like, they've been going for for years, and they just had it come true, and the only thing going on on the internet is like, yeah, but I'm sad for that guy. It's like, well, what the heck? Like, let these people be pumped, and I'm pumped about it either way. And, and see, I think part of this all is, as well is, like, the players come and go, the Rams are forever, and these guys made the Rams. I'm here for it, man, and I'm here to celebrate the guys that did make it. It sucks that we had to drop some guys, and some guys are now going to ne maybe never play football again. Although there's a lot of options out there. There's the USFL, there's the XFL, there's the CFL. There's other options for, for uh, some guys who are talented enough. Um, but I, I just don't want to forget and ignore the guys who are, first of all, here today, who we will continue to talk about, and whose dreams just came true. I really like to focus on those guys. So we will, throughout this year, 
And uh, when guys are getting their first starts or first action, first time being active on, on game day, we're going to celebrate, all right? We're going to celebrate these guys uh, because they are, they're out here busting their butt cheeks, man, and for our entertainment. This is very, like, Coliseum Gladiator Days style because they're just, like, risking their bodies just so that we can, like, drink beers and high-five. And I'm kind of here for all of it, all right? Uh, it's a weird way to put that. I know I realize that, and, like, some people hear that analogy, and they, they think that's a negative. I think it's awesome, all right? The ancient Romans were killing it out there, and that was absolutely entertaining. I realized back then people had to die, but hey, different times, right? <laughs> different times. Well, let's move on here. Uh, the captains have officially been announced. And on the offensive side, we do have quarterback Matthew Stafford, wide receiver Cooper Cup, offensive lineman Rob Havenstein, and the newbie with the captain patch, Tyler Higby. First time getting the captain patch in his career, which is absolutely incredible. He is the best tight end in Rams history. You you can try to argue with me on that uh, if you would like to. I realize that every time I say that, there's at least there's at least a pair of eyebrows that are uh, are upgrading in elevation, right? But I challenge those those eyebrows, the 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 brain behind those eyebrows, to come up with a tight end who you think is overall better than Tyler Higby in the Rams franchise history. Maybe guys with more talent, yeah, I, I guess there's arguments for that. But best tight end, statistically, he's he's the man. So I'm super pumped for Tyler Higby. Finally get that patch on his jersey. Cooper Cup getting the captain patch for the fourth time in his career. Rob Havenstein, second straight year getting that captain patch. He, of course, had it last year as well. Uh, for the first time in his career, he had it last year. So back-to-back uh, -back for Big Rob on the right side there of the line. And then Matthew Stafford named uh, captain every year so far as a Ram, meaning uh, this is his third time with that captain patch on. But, of course, it's your quarterback. He's the vet. Of course he gets the captain patch. On the defensive side, we do have defensive lineman Aaron Donald, uh, safety Jordan Fuller, and linebacker Ernest Jones. So Aaron Donald getting the captain patch for the sixth time in his career. That's obviously awesome. Uh, we have Jordan Fuller getting the captain patch for the second time in his career after the patch was uh, given to Wagner last year, although he did have it in that Super Bowl season for the Rams. So he's getting that one back uh, after the, the Wagner departure over to the Seattle Seahawks. And then uh, Ernest Jones getting the captain patch for the first time in his career. And uh, not only is he getting the patch, but he's also getting the green dot. So big year for Jones, which is uh, super exciting. I'm super pumped to see him. Obviously, he's been like kind of slotted in as like your go-to breakout star. Uh, there's a few guys, uh, especially on the defensive side. People, uh, uh, of course, toss in um, uh, Kobe Durant into that as well. I'm really feeling like Darian Kendrick for some reason. I just, I, and not to say that he's like Kobe Durant's not going to do well, but I just something about Darian Kendrick. I just feel really good about him going into this year. Uh, but Kobe Durant, we already kind of know that he's a uh, like a total monster. So. I think from that standpoint, I'm not surprised to see him like absolutely just destroy some souls out there. I think Darian Kendrick would surprise a lot more people. Me, less so, I guess, because I really liked him last year as well. Just didn't really get in there as often as I would have liked. But, hey, I don't make those calls, right? I just watch and drink beers and stuff. Uh, some fans, though, on the defensive captain uh, topic uh, seem frustrated that John Johnson wasn't named a captain. Uh, but he's also only been back for a really short time. Captains are also voted on by the players, so I don't think there's any room to kind of argue it. Uh, very much like an NFL Top 100 list, it's like, it's it's the players voting. Like, they're the ones going against these guys. They're in the locker rooms with these guys. Like, what, what the hell do we know? <laughs> like, So I, I think that it being the, the players, I just kind of blindly accept it. 
and maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But uh, either way, I just kind of blindly, it's like, all right, the players voted this guy. That's the captain. And also, I don't think it's like a diss to not get the captain patch. I don't think that, like, I don't think there's like an anti-captain patch where it's like, it's like, who do you not want as captain? And everybody votes. And then that gets announced of like, like 12 votes that nobody wanted. Like, we did not want you as a captain, man. Uh, so I just don't think it, it works that way. But I'll say that all captains were also here last year. I don't know if that's an accident or if that's part of the qualifications. Also, I think an underrated part of this is uh, the last time John Johnson was a Ram was 2020. And if uh, we're looking at today's roster, that does include the practice squad. There are only 11 players here uh, right now who were on that 2020 team with John Johnson. Uh, that includes names like Troy Reader, who just got added back to the practice squad. And I'm not saying that John Johnson doesn't deserve to be a captain. That's definitely not what I'm saying at all. But it does make total sense to me that he's not. Plus, if Jordan Fuller is a captain, do you really put both of your starting safeties as captains? That seems a little weird. And if you don't, do you take the captain patch away from Jordan Fuller, who's been a leader of your defense for years now? I just don't think so. I just don't think so. Like, I, of course, you know my vote on Jordan Fuller getting his captain patch removed. Of course, I just disagree with that. I think the guy's awesome. But uh, it just doesn't seem reasonable to me that you would have two safeties be your captains. Get a guy at every level. We got a, a safety. We got a linebacker. And we also have a defensive lineman. That just makes total sense to me. So what I'm saying also is, like, I just don't think it's... Uh, you can be a leader and also not a captain. Like, those, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Like, Johnson can still be a leader on this team without having the patch. And I think that the overall impact of him not getting the patch over other guys is, is pretty minimal, honestly. Uh, and let him get back to being a Ram before we just also add that pressure onto him. And it's also, like I said, it's like... It's not like he, do, he can't also be a leader because he doesn't have the captain patch. It's not like if somebody comes up, a rookie comes up and asks him for, like, let's say Jason Taylor is coming up to him and asking him a question in the locker room. He's going to be like, go, why don't you go ask your captain, all right, because I'm not him. Like, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And like I said, only 11 dudes here from when John Johnson was here originally. So not only does, like, the team not know him and all these players who were voting on this not really know John Johnson as a person yet, uh, but he doesn't know them either. Like, we're talking about not knowing, like, not you can't lead guys you don't know. I mean, John Johnson is in that conversation, I think. So uh, I, I think that it's good to have him not the captain right now because, again, he that doesn't mean he's not a leader of the team. Uh, it just means that he can just kind of, like, he doesn't have to have that added pressure of it. Let Jordan Fuller do it. Let Ernest Jones. Let uh, Aaron Donald. You can still be a leader and a vocal leader of this defense without having that. So I think I was just surprised at the reaction of people who are like, what? John Johnson didn't get a captain pet? Like, the, the surprise surprised me. I was, I, I had surprise inception, surpriseception going on in my brain. I was like, what is going on here? It's like, of course he's not a captain. He hasn't been here for a few years and we have our captains. Like, I, I, I don't know. So either way, uh, stoked for the guys who did get the patch. Donald, Fuller, Jones, I think that's a good squad. We do have one other captain to talk about, though, and that is wide receiver Ben Skoranek. Benny Sko, the Sko Plow, getting the, the captain patch. Pretty cool stuff. This is an interesting move. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect it, but I'm also not mad about it. Uh, I feel like Benny Sko was like a guy people were predicting to get cut, and then all of a sudden he's a captain, and it's like, oh, you were, you were way off on that. Uh, not only did he not get cut, but he's like a team leader. <laughs> like, that's the opposite of getting cut. So uh, it, it, it makes sense, by the way, that, um, that he would get like the, the special teams captain slot, uh, considering what the special teams unit is right now, which is like, it's a bunch of kids. Like, I mean, Ethan Evans, 
like, he's obviously got a cannon attached to his hips and stuff like that, but, like, I mean, Brett Maher coming in, do you really give up captain patch to a dude who you just picked up after preseason? I, I don't know, so... Um, it makes total sense to me. Also, I found out throughout this entire process that uh, Ben Skoranek, his name is Bennett, not Benjamin, not Benjamin. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that information, but I don't know what I was supposed to do with that information. All right. So I passed it along to you. Good stuff there. All right. So we do have one more topic to get into, uh, but first we're going to take a quick break here. If you are not a premium user of wherever you are listening to me. And uh, some commercials into your face, and then I'll be back after that. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And if you were a premium user, then you just got a weird little pause in there. Congratulations. And uh, just one more topic to get into uh, on uh, what, uh, let's, let's call it the final uh, off-season podcast. I didn't mean to get all less sneed on you there, uh, less sneedisms. <laughs> let's call it the final uh, off-season <laughs> podcast here. But of course, next week we will get uh, full into the uh, uh, back to the normal schedule of uh, Wednesday drops uh, with game previews and all that stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe some fan cases. Actually, no, not fan cases. We're gonna leave that for Mondays. All right, we get the interactions on Mondays. I don't mean to give you a weird little tease there to just strip it away from you right away, but uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Let's call it. That's my favorite or uh, less need thing that he says. Let's call it. I also, by the way, sidebar, before we get into this, I told Les Need that uh, I had give him, given him the nickname because he was at the Denver game. I had told him when he was signing my flag, it was like, hey, I gave you the nickname of uh, Les Make a Deal Sneed. What do you think? And he said, it's okay. So now I feel super self-conscious about it, and I don't want to say it anymore. And <laughs> he got into my head, man. Oh, damn it, Les. Damn it, Les. All right. Uh, none of that's important to you, I guess. But uh, just uh, the inner workings of the Sheriff Joe Bank's brain. Dangerous place. Uh, don't go at night. You're not ready for that. All right. So let's talk about Matthew Stafford here and uh, some comments that he has said allegedly said i don't know what the proper uh, term is here but kelly stafford mentioned on her podcast that matthew uh, is having trouble connecting with his younger teammates and uh, that he even had the equipment staff uh, print out photos of each player with their name so that he could know who they are and start conversations with them she said he doesn't feel like he knows these guys and quote can't lead guys he doesn't know so there's a lot to this story and a lot of different angles to this story and it seems like Everybody's got their own opinion on this story. Uh, I'm going to try to kind of leave my own opinion out uh, for the most part, but kind of touch on different angles that uh, can be taken in this, uh, in this story here. Um, so there's a lot to it, but I'm also going to say not a lot to it. All right. I feel like this is being, this is over the top. All right. But we're going to cover it anyway. We're a Rams podcast. That's what we do here. All right. So first and foremost, so many questions to answer. First, is it true? That we don't actually know, um, but there's no reason to uh, like bo not believe it, but there's also not a reason to believe it, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, there's also really no reason this became a story. That's kind of where my brain is going. It's like, why are we being told about this? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that this is like a topic that like 
should just go to all the masses. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to know. Like that's a that's a locker room conversation, I think. Um, but it's probably a little bit true that Matthew Stafford, um, he's a husband and a father of three, that he's having trouble connecting to guys who are brand new to the league and like 22 years old. He's going into year what? 15. I think that when Matthew Stafford was drafted, flip phones were still big. Maybe, maybe we had broken into like Blackberries, but like it's a whole different world than when Stafford was drafted. So, of course, he's probably having some trouble connecting to I have trouble connecting to I'm 32 and I have trouble. Like, if I meet somebody who's 23, I don't know how to interact with them. This makes total sense that Matthew Stafford's having trouble connecting with younger people who are just in a whole different era of life than him. You know what I mean? It makes total sense, but also that's part of why the NFL is so awesome. It brings people from all different backgrounds together, and it's football. If you can play, you can stay. Like, nobody cares where you came from or who you know, what you've done, like anything like that. It's like, if you can play ball and you can help this team win, you're good. Everybody's happy with you. Second question, why? Why did, why did she say this? If the, if the alleged complaint was that the players end practice and are on their phones right away, you put this in a podcast and the news cycle picks it up, guaranteed they've seen this now. And 100% like infiltrate from the inside. Like put this information in a podcast and let people on Twitter pick it up. And guaranteed all these dudes are seeing it right away, right? So they have seen these reports by now. And we, if we know Stafford at all, Matthew Stafford, then conversations uh, have been had from between this, the time this story popped off and now. And did she think that this comment was just going to take off the way that it did? Or did she think that it maybe was just going to disappear? Because the way that her tone was while saying it, it kind of felt like it was just like, he doesn't know what the heck to like how to talk to these young guys. Like, uh, they're just on their phones all the time. Like, and it's like, I can't leave guys that are just in their phone. Well, how, what was his tone like? We're getting a secondhand story here. We're getting secondhand comments. So we don't know what, what Matt, maybe he was joking. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not drunk if I had to guess, actually. He's a very responsible human being. He's a dad of three girls and like a husband and stuff like that. He's he's probably not getting drunk like that in trade like during trade camp. But uh, either way, like we don't know what his tone was. Was he joking? Was he con- was he super serious? I have, we don't know those questions. All right. Third question: <laughs> Should she have said this? I'm going to go with probably not. But also, Matthew knows his wife has a podcast, and that she talks about all kinds of things that those two talk about, especially when it comes to the Rams. The podcast is a is essentially about being a superstar quarterback's wife. And so we're going to get a lot of conversations when it comes to the Rams. Did he ask her to do this? Did he know that she said this? Would he have asked her not to say something if he didn't want it out there? Has there ever been a time where he told her uh, where he told her something and explicitly told her not to talk about it on the podcast? Maybe, maybe not. I truly have no idea. Why would I know that information? I don't think any of us really have that information. I would guess that maybe it's like, maybe there's been some comments before of like, this is not, by the way, like <laughs> podcast talk. Like maybe that's been said. They're married. I'm sure they've known each other for a long time now and are comfortable having conversations like that. Um, but should she, like, I, I, I don't know if she should have or not. I don't know if he wanted this to happen. I don't know if he told her not to and she did anyway. I don't know if, if he said to do it and she didn't want to and reluctantly did. I, nobody has those answers, right? Fourth question. Question number four. What does Matthew think of all this? Again, a question that I cannot answer because he has not addressed this into the universe, all right? So if he asked her to say this or knew that she would and didn't ask her not to, 
then I'm sure he's not that he's just not that worried about how it comes off to the players and in the media because he knows the players better than we do. And I don't know what their reaction would be to this kind of thing. The way that like Cameron McDonald's eyes looked, I, I feel like he would be angry at anything you said. But he also was the one of the coolest humans of all time. So there's that part of it too. But that's all that's irrelevant in this conversation. Uh, if he didn't expect or want this to be out there, then I'm sure he wouldn't be thrilled about it. But it's not like Kelly's stupid or anything, all right? I'm sure she has a, a pretty solid gauge on what's appropriate to talk about on a podcast and what's inappropriate to talk about on a podcast, especially when there are those media leeches just waiting for any kind of nugget to write an article about. We've got them all throughout the Rams uh, media stuff, and I'm not saying that as a negative term. It's just like people are trying to find content, and when you give it to them, they will find it. And if it's just in a podcast, of course they're going to find it. It's very public. Uh, but she's like, I get, I, I just feel like she would understand what's appropriate to say and what's not appropriate to say. I feel like she's not stupid. All right. Kelly Stafford is awesome. And I realize she also like pretty recently spilled a drink on somebody, but I also like, I trust that she's a reasonable human being. <laughs> like we all get angry and stuff. Like I'm sure she knows what she's doing out here. Fifth question. What does the team think of this? We haven't really heard from anybody on, on this topic except for like a very quick little comment here and there of like maybe he was, maybe it's a joke. Maybe she was joking. Maybe he was joking. And maybe this has all gone kind of too far or whatever. But I do think it's a little jarring. It's got to be a, a little jarring uh, as a young player when a Super Bowl winning quarterback has a story come out that he's struggling to connect with you because you're always on your phone. Could Matthew say, Hey, this isn't phone time. Let's let's do something. It's it's ping pong time, <laughs> uh, probably. But uh, this story coming out also gives these young guys a chance to show their leadership qualities of themselves, and they now can end practice and instead of getting into their phones, keep that bad boy in the locker and then say, "Hey, Matthew, you want to throw some? Uh, you you want to do this? Do you want do you want to go over here? Like, hey, let's do this, Matthew. Like." That's also an option. So the fact that this is a very public story now, and this has been very well documented and covered, they now have a little bit of the ball in their courts. The ball's in everybody's courts, all right? Everybody's got a ball in their court. It's just who's going to be the one to, 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 to do the things with that ball. <laughs> I don't that, that That metaphor really fell apart on me, I got to be honest. Uh, but I stand by it, all right? Everybody's got a little bit of weight here. Uh, Matthew can absolutely go up to these guys and say, like, hey, Let's if we want to win some football games, I need to I need to know you. All right. Like we need to we're going to be going into battle here, bro. And I need to know who you are like that. That's absolutely a real thing. Or these players can do it. These players can absolutely be like, you know what, man, you're right. We've been a little bit in our phones. Um, It's time to take this series. We're making millions of dollars to play to play a game. And uh, we need to take a series or even the coaches come in and be like, all right. Hey, there's a story coming out, and uh, yeah, we've all seen it. We've we've all seen you get on your phones as soon as practice is over. How about we wrap that up, and uh, how about no phones now? Because that can be a thing too. We've seen that plenty of times. I know that uh, Jeff Fisher had that rule: no phones, no phones in the meeting rooms. You put them outside. There's a little cubby outside of the door. You just throw it in there, and then go into the meeting room. Whatever. I can t I can say this from in in my own world. If I'm talking with people, and if I'm face to face with you, and I'm sure there are people that can attest to this. Um, you will not see my phone. I don't want you to see my phone because I value person-to-person -person interactions and being able to look somebody in the eyes and shake their hands and stuff, I think that that's underrated. I can't stand when you're trying to talk with somebody, you're with, just with them or something like that, you're trying to have a conversation and uh, they are just in their phones. That drives me absolutely insane. So I know for myself, 
in 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 my groups multiple groups that i am in whether that's uh, certain family groups certain friend groups if we're all hanging out you're not on your phone you're just not because that's rude we are real life people in front of you interact with us and don't get me wrong here most of my friends by now i'm i'm in my 30s now most of my friends married have kids stuff like that yeah absolutely make sure that everything's okay <laughs> if your phone starts ringing see who it is that's okay if you need to answer it yeah obviously if your wife's texting you, definitely respond to that. Don't, don't, don't not respond because I'm going to be like, look at this guy on his phone again. Like, screw me at that point, right? That's, respond to your wife. And I, I think that ultimately, though, it's like, it, it's one of those things of like, if you're going to be scrolling on social media, if you're scrolling through Twitter or the artist formerly known as Twitter X now, or Facebook or something, Instagram, that's inappropriate. That's rude. All right. Social media can wait until you are by yourself. All right, get off your phone if you're hanging out with people. And I fully believe that. So that kind of ties in with though, like Stafford's in his 30s, I'm in my 30s. I think I just feel differently about cell phones and stuff. But again, like it is just a rule. If, if, if I'm in a group with my friends, no phones, unless it's absolutely necessary. Keep it on you, check it if you need to, make sure that everything's cool at home. And if you need to answer it, absolutely do it. But we are real life people in front of you. Don't just sit there on your phone. That's super rude. So I, I, I'm 100%, like, if this, is a, if this is all a real story on Matthew Stafford, I've got his back so hard on this because I hate cell phones and social media and all that stuff. Uh, so to see Matthew kind of taking, taking that a little bit and being like, ah, oh, man, I just don't know how to do this. Because, like, even, what is his name? Mike Florio. His advice to Stafford was, you get into your phone then and interact with them through Twitter, through this... And, When's the last time you saw Matthew Stafford on Twitter? I don't think he has one. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what kind of advice that is. That's such a weird thing. It's like, I, I mean, I guess I get it in, in some sense of like, it's if, if you're asking them to change their entire life, why aren't you able to, like, why aren't you willing to change your perspective on, on certain things? But I mean, also, Matthew Stafford's perspective is trying to connect with guys and trying to win football games. Their perspective is, I'm in the NFL. I'm getting likes, I'm getting follows, like I'm on, I'm on the phone. Like, and I, I, that I just, I, I, I have an understanding of what Matthew Stafford is talking about here. Overall though, let's get back to Matthew Stafford in general. Um, overall, I think that this story is getting blown way out of proportion. I'm sure if uh, Matthew thought that uh, this was a legitimate problem, it would have come up in some meetings um, and there would be some, some rules surrounding cell phones. He's a team captain one of two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in franchise history. Um, I, I think it makes sense that if, if he were to think that this was a legitimate problem that is going to cost the Rams football games, then it comes up in some setting where it's, I mean, this is, this is a professional football team that we're dealing with here. I mean, feelings can get lost. Like if, if something needs to be said, you just say it. I feel like, you know, I mean, I haven't been in these locker rooms, but I just feel like that's the, that's the thing. And it's also like, like I said, it's a professional setting. This is a professional football team. And if you can't put your phone down for a little bit, then you're not in the right place. Uh, there also needs to be some, some level of self governing in this world, right? Like there, there needs to be some, somebody needs to be able to say like, oh, I don't need to be on my phone right now. I'm doing, it's business time, you know, but what does this all mean? This could be a way for Stafford, uh, for the, the Stafford side of this deal to kind of kick, kick the rest of the roster in the pants a little bit. And let's get them like on the vibe that maybe Stafford doesn't feel like this team is ready for battle. And 
this is like the first shift in that. This week in the meeting rooms could get very serious, so we'll kind of see what happens. Is this something that we kind of look back on at the end of the season as the first domino, as like is like the 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 kick in the pants of like the the that Stafford got everybody together, or is there something else to this? Is there something else to this as far as like we'll look back on this and be like, oh, the writing was on the wall. Matthew Stafford is retiring. He doesn't feel like he can uh, connect with these guys. He just feels like he's outgrown the locker room maybe a little bit, and uh, it's time for uh, the other guys to like younger guys to kind of step in. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, I think that's a that's a real that's a real possibility, especially look at his life. I mean, what else does he have to prove? He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback now. He's got three awesome kids. He's got an awesome wife. I mean, why not just call it and just go live your life and, and just go be awesome? So I don't know. Either way, I feel like this story is going to be looked back on as either the first sign of true turbulence for the Rams in 2023 this could be something as like the first sign of like without this moment and Stafford calling out his teammates, maybe we don't put it together this year. And like, and that was necessary to win a bunch of football games in a row and maybe get to the playoffs or something like that. Or it really could be like the first sign, the first hint at this could be Matthew Stafford's final year. That's my take on all this. Um, Either way at this point right now, on the last day of August, as this is being recorded, officially going into the 1st of September, as I'm basically saying these words right now, is that we don't know if this team is going to be good or bad. Either way, though, I just don't feel like this is the last time we hear about these Stafford comments. I think that no matter what happens, we can look back on this, these comments, this story, and say that it meant something. If the Rams are bad, we can say that, well, Stafford didn't feel like he connected with these guys. If it's good, well, it's a good thing that Stafford called everybody out because they really got it together. And if he retires at the end of the year, it's like, well, uh, we got our first hint of him retiring when uh, he felt like he couldn't connect to the young guys. So I say all of that to say that little bit, really. But uh, I stand by it because this is such a weird story. Again, I feel like it's super blown out of proportion. And also, I totally agree. Get the heck off your cell phones. If you're dealing, if you are in front of other human beings, just put your cell phone away if you don't need to be on it. I am Sheriff Joe Bags, and I approve that message. <laughs> All right, um, that's gonna do it though. Uh, Ramshowcase.com. Uh, definitely check that out. As far as your game preview content will be uh, popping up in there. I'm excited to uh, get back to writing. Um, that's 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 part of this season is uh, is the writing process. Um, there are some some liberties that I am taking as far as the podcast goes uh, so that I do have the proper time to be able to write stuff out and, and kind of give that the attention that it needs, not just throw something together real quick. Um, but uh, also uh, an announcement will come as far as like what the game previews will look like. Um, and uh, it will have, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, well, you'll just know. I, I think the announcement is just happening. So... Uh, some good stuff coming there. Very excited about it. Very excited for this season. Super pumped uh, not only to watch the 2023 LA Rams take the field, but uh, super pumped for Ram Showcase and uh, what this year could be. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio and the Fan Sided Network. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening and go Rams.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.